Welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, where today we will be discussing Chapter 11 of Whither Are We Traveling? Let's try Freemasonry! Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our thoughts and opinions are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions via our website at theworkingtoolspodcast.com. Today on the Working Tools Podcast, we have three quarters of our usual hosts. Uh, we have Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung. Uh, it's Prince Charles Lodge number 153 in lovely Kelowna, British Columbia. I'm Matt Apple, and I'm a member of Mill Creek number 243 here in, and we meet in Montley Terrace, Washington. And we have Worshipful Brother Jared Dunham of Penticton number 147 in Penticton, British Columbia. So Dave, again, uh, couldn't be here. He's spending time with his family and some such foolishness. So, uh, with that, let's dive right in. It seemed like when we were talking about the episode before we started that you guys had strong feelings. So I guess I will, rather than my usual takeover, I will say, what are your strong feelings about this chapter? Aha, okay, good. Oh, sorry, I couldn't hit the, I, for some reason my, my eye-hand coordination is bad and I couldn't unmute. <laughs> or maybe it's a sign, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we were muting you. This is, I mean, this is the perfect way to, to summarize up the last few chapters with this whole concept of, you know, this, every time we talk about our membership problem, it's like, well, let's try this and let's try that. And, you know, well, you know, build a, build a new website. Cause you know, you know, this generation doesn't do anything unless they see it on the internet and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, how about we just go back to the basics and actually do what we're supposed to be doing? You know, right. go to lodge, do our memory work, do our ritual work well you know, live by the standards that we talk about ad nauseum. Like, let's just, you know, if set a good example and, that, and it will attract people. Right. Practice what we preach. Yeah. You know, it's like the, well, it's this <clears throat> in quotes here at the beginning of this chapter is I shall propose no bright new ideas, not one. All I'm going to do is advocate that Freemasonry remain Freemasonry. And if we have strayed from the traditional path, we'd better be moving back to the main line while there is yet time to restore the prestige and respect, the loyalty and devotion that once was ours. Right? And, you know, uh, <laughs> it, it's so true. Why are we trying to reinvent the wheel? I mean, Freemasonry has, has uh, existed for how many uh, years now? Centuries, right? Like, uh, we're... And, and it's funny because most of these articles that we read that challenge about the, the situations in Lodge today, many of them have been written, you know, 50, 60 years ago, right? And they're still applicable. So if they're still applicable and they were having the same issues back then, Really, is there anything different need to be worried about doing other than maybe focusing on doing Freemasonry? What a concept. So in this, I have the same question I have for every chapter of this book. So what does that look like to you? What would you have your lodge do or a lodge do that would be getting back to the real Freemasonry. Make Freemasonry gate again, if you will. 
Well, <laughs> bring it back to the roots. Do quality work. Have practices. Hold yourselves to higher standards. Um, you know, uh, respect the, the the traditions. Respect the history, and uh, try to main do your best to maintain that. You know, and follow our teachings. I don't know it gets any simpler. Well, there you go. Thank you for listening to the Working Tools Podcast. <laughs> Is I I guess so okay, so how your lodge is has veered from the path of masonry. We spend my lodge my a fictional lodge. A fictional lodge spends time and money on on uh charity projects and doesn't do ritual well and uh whatever the other points were subsidizes other organizations and and their building looks like crap what and their mem their members are ill behaved in society where where what concrete steps could one take to to move this lodge along well it's going to take well if they're ill behaved and yeah uh... You just made the worst lodge, didn't you? That was, yeah, pretty much. That's, that's like, uh, uh, I mean, pick one of them then. You... Well, okay, okay. Let's uh, focusing too much on an, an outside charitable acts to, to as a definition of what it is that you do. So, I mean, that's all well and good, but is that really promoting our like? Yeah, I'm not going to go off on the charity one actually, because that that's that's always my beak off. Um. So you ask what we should do is I promote. Oh, yeah. I know it sounds really stupid because always say is just, you know, follow the rules, follow the tenants. You know, we talk about self-improvement, you know, how many people actually can talk about concrete steps that they've taken to better themselves. You know, my, my, the one I always bring up is, you know, how, when, what was the last book you read? You know, I mean, you know, do you actually go out of your way to um, when something upsets you or, you know, like here in, I'll use an example here in town, here in town, we have a bike lane that went in and it is not liked by people in town. And, you know, they're like, oh, there's better ways of spending the money and stuff. And so before I formed an opinion, I went into and looked at the financials of how it was paid for and stuff and realized that most of the money we didn't raise. It's actually federal and provincial funds that were given to us specifically for this purpose. You know, so rather than be, you know, going off half, half informed about it and complaining about it, you know, I went in and did the research and learned a little bit more about it. And I think that's one of the things I want to see people doing more of. And I think that's something that Freemasonry teaches us. Yeah. And, you know, when I went and I did that same deep dive into that, I found out it was coming out of our public coffers in Kelowna and that the guy who plans these goofy things doesn't drive. No wonder we're getting more bike lanes and losing all our parking spots. But I digress. Can you tell it's a sore spot? Yeah. Anyways, uh, <clears throat> uh, back to bringing it into, into uh, Freemasonry. So, you know, it's like in this particular... Uh, chapter 
you know, he, he lists off all these different things that, you know, people try new and different things and they, you know, they're suggesting, you know, that Freemasonry do things different and go out and, and uh, take positions on public issues and centralize, centralize, centralize pattern Freemasonry after bureaucracy and, and all this stuff. And, and really, um, and then it comes to a, a simple statement. Why does not someone suggest that we just try Freemasonry, you know, rather than all that reinvention of the wheel, right? Uh, it, it does stay, for me, it stays as simple as that, right? Um, try and live by the teachings that we preach, right? And I think I try to do some of that with respect to the education in, in our, in our lodge anyways, you know, we, we talk about the different components of our teachings and um, uh, we talk about them as a round table type discussion in lodge and, um, you know, trying to do more of that hopefully will bring more attention to those things and, and hopefully uh, change the focus. Little efforts like that, you know. For a chapter that I thought we had strong feelings about, it looks—it's <laughs> hard to. I guess when your strong feelings are, yeah, then. <laughs> well, I think, it, it, I think the issue is we have strong feelings about this, but we've been—I mean, our feelings have been sort of aired over the last, however many episodes. Is that you know we keep saying basically we're repeating ourselves because I mean, I, I find it interesting in here is. Uh, he has this line that, you know, Freemasonry has not been tried in the balance and found wanting. It has been found difficult and not tried. And I think that's an exactly what the problem is, is that people come in, they expect it, they, they expect to go through the three degrees and that's it. They know everything. They've, they've learned the secrets and they don't want to put any more effort in. And I think that is an issue we need to deal with, is that once you've, once you've gone through the three degrees, that's not the end of it all. That's just the beginning, you know, and then it's, it, you know, once you've done your third, your third prove up and it's, you know, taking you however long to memorize and stuff, you're not done. That's not the last time you're going to have to try and push yourself to memorize stuff. You know, it's just that this is, that's just, this is an example of what's expected of you and just, you know, get used to it. Well, you know, that's one of the things that I try to uh, make a, a very clear in in the um, process of the six steps to initiation. You know, in, in one of the several meetings I'll meet with the candidates coming in, I let them know that, you know, we, I, I've already given them, once I give them the, um, the address to the brethren, uh, the section uh, uh, where it, uh, deals where it talks about the ideals of, of Freemason and ask them to commit some of that to memory. I explained to them that, you know, this is just, uh, you know, baby steps. And as far as memory work goes, because there's so many other pieces uh, of work that need to be done in the various chairs and responsibilities in the lodge. And I explained to them that that's quite often how most of the membership learns the lessons that are taught is by picking up the different pieces of work, committing it to memory and having to uh, participate in the degrees and delivering those lessons um, in whichever manner that is 
to the candidates as they go through, right? And um, I explained to them, you know, I've been doing certain lectures, you know, for 15, 20 years. And, you know, sometimes as a few years ago, one that I've been doing for 15 years, you know, really resonated with me at that particular time in my life because that's when I was, I guess, open to receiving the information, I suppose. Um, you know, so I do, I do a pretty good job of explaining that that's part of uh, their journey and part of the, the how they're going to learn these things, right? And, uh, yeah, I try, I try to offset those ex expectations. A great deal of life is about managing expectations. This is one of the one of the things I've learned in my fifty years. Yeah, and you know, it's funny. I often get caught joking about this, but you know, I, I tell people all the time. You know, life's so much easier with lowered expectations, right? But in lodge, it's the one place where you shouldn't have lowered expectations, right? You should be higher. Right. Lowered expectations means everything gets to be degraded and things start to go downhill. Okay. I I guess I would not suggest that one ought to lower one's expectations everywhere, but we Yeah. No, I agree. Higher higher expectations are important in the the grand scheme of things here. Right. All right, so I kind of feel like, as Jared said, we've said a lot of a lot of these points before, and there's a not necessarily a lot more for us to say. This is a pretty short episode, but unless someone has some sudden insight, no. But I, I would like to add this last statement there. One of the statements in here: through improvement and strengthening of the character of the individual man, Freemasonry seeks to improve the community. Right. And, uh, you know, I like that phrase. There was somebody told me once that Freemasonry is a, a global conspiracy to, it was a global conspiracy to change the world one man at a time or something along those lines. I kind of like that one. That one's pretty good. You know, too. it feeds into the conspiracy theory. <laughs> Whatever works for you, right? <laughs> All right. Well, uh, David's going to listen to this and he's going to go, you didn't mention this and that and the other, but there it is. So uh, overall, I think we enjoyed reading this, this uh, paper and I think we're going to do a wrap up episode next time with uh, hopefully David will be around and we can, we can sort of broad overview what we talked about from the last few episodes. But I encourage people to read it. It's it's got a lot of interesting points in it, and uh, and or just listen to Jared uh, speak it mellifluously into your ears. So with that, uh, thank you all for listening to the Working Tools podcast. On behalf of Stephen and myself and Jared and the absent David, we thank you all for listening, and we look forward to talking to you again on the Working Tools podcast. Goodbye. <laughs>